You're listening to Episode 11 of The Weight Coach with Joanne Philomena from Joanne the Life Coach. There's been a recent rash of articles on the follow-up studies on the contestants who lost large amounts of weight on the TV show The Biggest Loser in the United States. The results of the study are shocking because they completely prove out what so many had been whispering about or maybe even trying to shout from the rooftops. The weight comes back on even more quickly because dieting destroys your metabolism. You end up with even more weight than before or having to eat dramatically less than what you normally would. It, you would you need to eat dramatically less than what would be required based on your sex, height, and weight. Your body not only begins to conserve calories, it stays that way. It does not revert back to the previous metabolism. There are two main reasons you don't lose weight on a diet permanently, and I'm going to share those reasons with you today based on these articles, because you know what? The stats are sad. Danny Cahill, who has openly shared his story, and thank you, Danny, for this. You're opening the eyes of thousands. Danny now is a speaker, an author, musician. He was on The Biggest Loser. His weight before the show was 430 pounds. At the finale of that show, he was 191 pounds. Wow. That's a lot of weight loss. Now, Danny is at 295 pounds. The interesting thing is his metabolic rate now burns 800 fewer calories a day than would be expected for a man his size. Danny says, I won't be a victim to this. It's the hand I've been dealt. Wow, more power to you, Danny. And I know that's a tough thing to hear. It's almost like getting you know, a life sentence on some kind of illness to know that now to even stay not at the, the really low weight that you went down to on The Biggest Loser, but just trying to maintain yourself at 295 pounds now you're still having to eat a lot less than would normally be expected for you. And that's tough. And I think that's what every yo-yo dieter out there has done. Some of us have repeated this process over and over, not just once, not just one big dramatic weight loss that's dropped the metabolism down. For me, I've done it over and over my entire life. Every time I dieted off another, you know, 50 pounds and then gained it back on again, my body actually needed less and less calories. Eventually you get to the point where you're eating a, a level of calories that would be considered a diet, maybe even a severe diet, but you don't lose weight. Your body just stays the same on that number of calories. Kai Hibbert has been very vocal about the effect she suffered from the extreme weight loss while on the, the show in season three. And at great risk to herself and her family, she's become vocal about this as contestants sign legal contracts prior to The Biggest Loser uh, that stipulate they can't discuss any of the behind the scenes things about the show. Kai's Facebook page indicates that she's become a body acceptance activist. How much do I love that? 
a motivational speaker, a writer, a rebel, a nerd at heart, and hot chocolate connoisseur. <laughs> I love Kai. In my eyes, she's become a hero, stepping up to reveal the fallacy of what the show portrays as incredibly fast weight loss. It is indeed much more than a week between weigh-ins, people. <laughs> For those of you who watch The Biggest Loser and think people really drop 20-some pounds in one week. There are tactics of dehydration. Uh, there were generally ill effects of dieting down too fast, too low for her. And she came home and regained weight and had to fight her way at home now alone, no longer supported by the show, to learn what she really needed to know in order to get healthy. And she has fought her way back to a place of health. Today, she's vibrant, healthy, vocal, and a mom. The first of the five reasons you cannot permanently lose weight on a diet is that a diet does not address the root of the problem, only the symptom of weighing more than would be beneficial for you or more than you think would be beneficial for you. Even the overeating is not the root of the problem. We're still talking a symptom here, that drive to overeat. So just exercising like a mad woman and eating some specific regime in the long run is rarely effective. It doesn't reliably improve health and does more harm than good. There's a better way to eat people. The second reason, metabolic suppression. What we've just been talking about. This is one of the most powerful tools your brain uses to keep your body at a certain set point weight. This weight varies from person to person, and it's set by your brain by a number of factors other than what your doctor thinks is healthy or how society thinks you should look. When you diet to bring your weight down below where your body is set at, not only does your brain tell your body to burn fewer calories, it begins producing even more hunger hormones to drive eating in order to return to what it thinks is a safe set point for your survival. This coordinated brain response is the major reason that dieters find weight loss so hard to achieve and maintain. I had um, discussed in a podcast specifically the Minnesota starvation experiment done at the end of World War II. And the men who participated in that study were hungry, even after they were allowed to return back to normal eating. And these weren't men who were necessarily obese to begin with. They were reproducing the starvation conditions in Europe after the war. They were not starving like you would think they were starving. They were having over 1,600 calories a day, which is probably higher than most diet programs recommend for men to eat. So they were actually eating a decent number of calories, but the hunger hormone release had been reset in their bodies, and this continued well past losing weight, well past returning to normal eating. They were still hungry all the time. In private, even the diet industry agrees that weight loss is rarely sustained. I've heard that 
95% regain. Um, in 2002, though, two, 231 million Europeans attempted some form of diet, and it's estimated of those only 1% achieved permanent weight loss. A study done back in 2008 showed what it referred to as long-term persistence of adaptive thermogenesis in subjects who have maintained a reduced body weight. I'll spare you all the mathematic equations published in the study. What it means is this study was done on both recent and sustained weight loss, weight being kept off for six years and showed the body burning a significantly reduced number of calories, favoring the regaining of lost weight, and that this persists over time. Dieting actually leads to long-term weight gain. Huh? Dieting makes you gain weight? Yeah. I had a girlfriend who was the metabolic opposite of me. She was very thin, and she struggled to keep her weight up. Really, she looked best. She knew she looked best at 120 pounds, but rarely could she actually get her weight up there. She was usually around 100 pounds, sometimes even dipping below 100 pounds. And I used to tell her, just diet and trust me, you'll gain it right back, plus some. And she thought I was nuts. Turns out I was dead right. Dieting indeed leads to weight gain. Boxers and wrestlers who diet to qualify for their weight classes, you would think that these people, now here are people who have no genetic predisposition for obesity. But in a study done in 2006, elite athletes who competed in weight conscious sports like that were three times more likely to be obese by the age of 60. Dieting is stressful for the body. Calorie restriction produces stress hormones, which acts on fat cells to increase the amount of abdominal fat. So does over-exercising. If you are working out, and I used to do this, I was a gym rat, and really I loved it. For me, it was a lot of fun. It wasn't just about trying to get my weight down, but that's the reason why I started doing fitness classes. And I would go do an hour fitness class, an hour, I mean all out, balls to the wall, <laughs> fitness in fitness class. Or some nights I would do it for more than two hours. I would do a couple of fitness classes, body combat, Zumba, anything that would burn you know, a really high number of calories. And when you do that, you put so much stress on your body, your body starts to produce cortisol. And that's what packs on abdominal fat. So really, I didn't realize how counterproductive the extreme fitness that I was doing at that time was. I had not started out doing anything so extreme. I had originally joined a gym where they had these these nice exercise classes. They were a little low key, um, but they were working for me. And I was taking off a lot of weight in those classes. Clearly, I was not stressing my body with the level of workout that we all think we need to do today. Today, we have workouts like insanity. <laughs> I'm not holding anything against insanity, but just the name. Come on, you're going to stress your body. 
all these boot camps, you have to keep it low key so that you're not producing stress hormones in your body. A New York Times opinion article states that weight anxiety and dieting predict later binge eating as well as weight gain. Girls who labeled themselves as dieters in early adolescence, and that would be me, were three times more likely to become overweight over the next four years. Another study found that adolescent girls who dieted frequently were 12 times more likely than non-dieters to binge two years later. So what to do? Gosh, is there hope? Yes, there is. The root of the problem is not willpower, it's neuroscience. Remember, I've told you the only time willpower comes into play is when you're doing something you don't want to do. How do you achieve diet recovery and safely find your natural healthy weight by relearning your body signals? If you caught my last free webinar, you know I'm a big proponent of relearning where your hunger is and where your satiation is. It's, it can be done and it's not difficult at all. It can sound so simplistic. I knew while I was doing that webinar, I was thinking they're going to look at this hunger scale and they're going to think, is she mad? Like I get to eat whatever I want to, but I'm going to try to only eat within these points and not overstuff myself. Yes. I'm not, I mean, no, I'm not mad. And yes, that does work. It's exactly what you need to learn to do. If you can relearn to eat where your brain's weight regulation control demands, you can do it without judgment, without beating yourself up. You become very mindful about eating and actually begin to enjoy food more and you find your level. From there, you can progress to better and better dietary choices for yourself, but all at your pace. It's painless. It really is. And it's empowering when you start to find where your true early hunger signals are and that point of being satiated and not eating till your stomach is feeling full. Because when you feel full, then you just want to nap. <laughs> That's no good for you either. Even more important is finding out what thoughts your brain is producing and playing over and over for you that defeats you and sends you into the kitchen when you're not even hungry. Your brain plays about 60,000 thoughts a day. This is where neuroscience comes into play. You are most certainly not aware of all the thoughts, all 60,000 thoughts your mind is playing during the day, especially the ones it's playing over and over because they're, they're like underlying, they're in there, but you're not catching them. You're focusing on other things, but your brain is tripping it in there. You can begin to capture those thoughts and feelings most easily by stopping when you are feeling driven to overeat on something or if you are wanting to snack and you realize you're not really truly hungry, start writing down on a piece of paper every thought that comes into your head. Just keep writing as much as you can for a minute, two minutes, not long. Then look at what you have on the page. 
Are you noticing anything about any of those thoughts? Maybe a few negative thoughts that might be defeating you. You might be surprised at what you find your brain is playing over and over. And when your brain is playing it over and over, your subconscious takes it to heart. This is why I became a weight coach. I knew there was more to this than dieting could repair. It's my passion to help every yo-yo dieter out there find recovery and begin to be able to move forward in health and emotional balance. I want you guys to find peace with food and your body and the joy of discovering exactly where your body needs to be. You can lose weight through the process of understanding yourself so much better than before. More importantly, you begin to realize that you're not a bad person. Your excess pounds don't define who you are. You are not horrible for wanting to eat. Your brain is trying to protect you. That's its job. You get to leave shame behind and know that you can redirect all that I'm so fat energy into activities, meditation, enjoying food instead of beating yourself up with it. For me, it was such a breakthrough to be able to leave the shame behind and to understand what was really going on with me, that I wasn't just an out-of-control pig eating too much food. I knew I wasn't. At this point, I knew I wasn't. I felt like I wasn't eating enough food. Clearly, my body was reinforcing that with hunger hormones and trying to fight its way to where it thinks my set point is. I've been able to successfully lower my body's set point which blows my mind. It means that I am no longer at my highest weight that I've ever been. Would I like to weigh less than I do right now? Yeah, I think I would. I think I would be more comfortable with, with a few more pounds off. And I know that if I continue down this road of neuroscience and understanding my body, and working on that hunger scale. And I mean, I've been working it for almost a year and I will continue working it because I know my body is going to return to a natural, healthy place as long as I don't try to push it at a dead run with diet shakes or whatever, whatever diet program of the day. You can reach out to me for a free mini session. And I can help you identify one of the thoughts that's currently causing you emotional pain and overeating. I'll share with you what programs I offer and help you see that thought and release it and release the pain right there on the 30-minute phone call. Just go to my website at joannethelifecoach.com. That's J-O-A-N-N, thelifecoach.com. And click on work with me in the top menu. It's going to take you to a page where you'll see the button for a free mini session. And that button will take you right to my calendar where you can pick the day and time for your call. I would love to help you. Thank you so much for listening today. Please be gentle with yourself and begin to better understand your body and your brain is trying to work for you. We just need to get you in sync with it. So have a fantastic week 
Until next time.